Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman. Joined today first by Patrick McDonald. Patrick, you are either actually in a room with books or your green screens are getting better. The world may never know. Uh, too many books in the last office, you know, cluttered the mind a little bit. Had to, had to get those out of the way. And, you know, it's a big day in America. We're talking about the Houston Open. I couldn't be more excited. Greg's on the show. Let's get it rolling. Uh, making his Tuesday debut, Greg Ducharme. Gregors, good to see you. Um, to Patrick's point, this is definitely the biggest thing going on in the world today. Yes. Um, so very important day, and uh, I hope we're up to the challenge. But I'm happy to be here for my first Tuesday, looking to put a little bit of green on the board because we all know we need it. Uh, yes, uh, we do. Two events to go. The penultimate event here in Houston, RSM Classic next week. Kyle Porter, KP, uh, you were in my inbox this morning and I enjoyed it. I was going to reply. If I reply, do you get it or does it just go I into the void of the internet? No, I do get it. Kyle at a normal sport.com. I was going to, so. I was going to send you, well, I don't want to spoil it. So you should get on the, get on the, get on the list, but it's, it's good to have you KP. Yeah. Thank you. Tom Kim for president. Just want to get that out there two years ahead of time. Sure. He's not going to be eligible. Is he? He's going to be like 22 years old. Yeah. He's be, probably got another yeah. 15 years or so. Yeah. <laughs> another lifetime pretty much. Uh, would vote, would vote for him if, uh, if, if he did run. So is he in the field this week? No. Okay, so Patrick can't bet against him, <laughs> which is good. Uh, yeah, he did. Patrick did snap 28 days of losing wagers and won the week last week, Patrick. Feels good. You know, it feels good to be on top. Uh, I'm going to relish in this moment just because, I mean, after this week, we only have one tournament, then a month off. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, honestly, I catch fire here at the end and finish yeah. the year on top. Well, maybe you can catch fire, uh, have another good week this week, next week, then roll it over to the hero, roll that over to the QBE shootout. I'm sure you have some hot takes for the QBE shootout. Uh, yeah, chock full of them. Uh, and can't forget the match seven. Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth are underdogs, plus 100. Just that's, something to think about. That's absurd. All that public Rory Tiger money rolling in already. 
Do you remember when Phil played with, I guess, Barkley and he was the underdog? This was the big, this was yes. the biggest. Rick, Rick biggest was screaming about this. <laughs> was, the only guy who plays golf professionally <laughs> was the underdog. It was the most outrageous thing that's ever happened. Yeah, it, it was what? Steph Curry and who else? Peyton Manning. Yeah, it, it got a little bit. If people were confused by the format because they thought, okay, well, if you just add Phil and and Barkley's score, surely that's not going to be as good as, <laughs> as Steph and Peyton, right? Like, and that's a that's a that's a reasonable way to think. The problem is that wasn't what the format was, and yeah, the Phil Steph thing. I think I even bet against him being the idiot that I am, but or excuse me, Phil and Barkley. Uh, it, that was. I th- Rick might have bought like a new ha- house after that match. <laughs> it, it was fairly outrageous. Greg, the only the thing I remember is um, Charles Barkley. He hit like two good chips in that match, and that's mm-hmm. all they needed. Like that's all they needed was two decent chips from Charles Barkley. Yeah, we learned a valuable lesson, and maybe it'll apply in the next match as well. That you, the better player, is more valuable than the better worst player that makes sense and everybody was saying well barkley is going to weigh the team down too much but uh, but with phil with that talent level that ceiling this is a game of ceilings that's what the match is all about uh so maybe the underdogs have a little life again the other thing that uh, i remember is charles barkley was so exhausted with phil by like the sixth hole and phil was walking <laughs> him through every everything and charles just said phil just tell me where you want me to hit it <laughs> yeah if if, if charles barkley is exhausted with you then you know he, he, there's some there's a lot going on there greg do you think this is a question that gets tossed around a lot but I, I want your opinion on it do you think if the four of us played a scramble at the houston open this week we could we could contend it's uh it's possible. What what are well, it's unlikely. What are, what are you? What are you what are you are you like a plus one? No. No, like a like a zero. But I I'm not playing to a zero now. I mean I'm way out of game shape. So I I don't I mean I if I could start practicing like a month and a half ago, you know, and really get into it, and you guys did the same thing. I think you. I think you could go shoot some pretty good scores. Um, I mean, can you get to twenty? Can you shoot five under in a scramble in a four-man scramble every day? I. I wow. think. I. Yes. I think you can. I, well, what do you? What do you plan off for it? Seven and a half. Okay, that's. A, I'm like an eight, Patrick. Uh, like a two. Really? No. I didn't know shoot. that. I didn't know that. Yeah. We could shoot five under, Greg. Yeah. You just do you, you do it four days in a row. Now, if, are we in the same field? Are we, you know, going out as the last group? With, yeah, is, there anyone, must, is there anyone watching? Because then we're going to be in big trouble. Right. I get nervous with just like the three of you. That changes things. <laughs> well, I, I think I told the story before. Uh, which, by the way, pull up this latest comment from our boy David, producer <laughs> Troy. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. Okay. First of all, <laughs> I, my my issue is not that I'm uh, hit at two fifteen. My issue is that I hit it uh, like two seventy five, but I have no idea where it's going. So that that's the problem. Just want to get that on the record. I've told this story I think before, but I played in, a, in the uh, Colonial Pro Am with Ricky one year. I think it was like twenty 
2015, 2014, there's probably 20 people watching on the first tee and it felt like the freaking Ryder cup. I thought I was, I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to snap my club. I was gripping it so hard is what did, it did like. you talk about that in the poster on presser? <laughs> <laughs> my last about that experience. <laughs> my, my last, uh, my last hole, Ricky read the putt. It was on 18 and uh, I, I missed the putt and I walked up and I was like, nice read. Thanks for that. <laughs> and, and he goes, he goes, it's not my fault. You pulled the hell out. of <laughs> I didn't know Patrick was playing off a two. That's a nice little nugget you've been keeping in your pocket. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, if I had to compare myself to a player, um, might be a little bit of recency bias, but like early 2000s Tiger would be right. up there. Uh, you know, Norman asking back in the for day. this? Who was asking about? <laughs> um, but I cannot putt. That's that's my big time downfall. Good off the tee, good approach. You put me inside ten feet, and I'm hoping to two putt. Right. Inside of ten feet? I, yeah, I, it's bad. I like our chances a lot more than I did when this question was first posed. I think we all I strikers think we can, are valuable. I think we could make the cut at the Houston Open. I think we could too. Do no, you think? Like- <laughs> do you think a birdie fest or something like this week would be better for us? This week. This week. I agree. Yeah, because we're not gonna make we're not gonna make doubles and like we're not gonna make a ton of bogeys, right? <laughs> you, no, you would hope. We shouldn't make it. It's a par max, right? <laughs> <laughs> and how many exactly. mulligans did we buy before? Exactly. <laughs> Some string. <laughs> <laughs> we got the CBS budget on mulligans to buy. Um speaking of CBS, uh that first cut merch, which by the way, I, I should have got I should have queued the photo up. Uh my dad successfully defended his club title, his club championship, uh at at yes, thank you, wearing his first cut hat. And he sent me the photo and I was like I should remember to put that on the show. 20% off first cut merch for the rest of the year. There's a link in the description of both the audio and the video versions of the show. There's a QR code on YouTube right now that if you uh, scan with your cell phone, the camera app, that will take you directly to the store. Or you can simply go use the code FIRSTCUT20 at checkout. Uh, I guess only like seven more weeks. Seven more weeks till the end of the year. My God. Scary stuff. Houston Open. Let's start with the golf course, uh, and we'll start with you here, Greg, because this is a course that uh, used to be used to host the Houston Open, and then it kind of got phased out as the modern golf changed. It's a municipal golf course, which I love. You get fifty or 60,000 rounds from the public out there, but a couple of years ago, Tom Doak, uh, under the advisory of one Brooks Kepka, uh, offered up a, and created this, this redesign, which made it much more... Uh, I don't want to call it PGA Tour friendly because it's not specifically friendly to PGA Tour players, but now we can host events again. Yes, and it's got um, you know it's got plenty of length to it, and it's only it plays a par seventy on tour, um, so it, it's a challenging golf course. Um, you have those kind of those Bermuda greens that get firm, they get fast. Um, I, I find it very interesting that um, that that short game and putting have such a high value here. 
when you look at your model, Rick, on, on your website. So uh, that to me says that the golf course has some teeth. You're looking at a golf course at 7,400 yards. Uh, that's a little shorter than what you see at Augusta National, yet it's a par 70. So this is a this is a long golf course. Um, there is some water on the insides of some of the dog legs. There's some creeks that run through the property. There's opportunities for the players to make mistakes. So you have to, and if we were playing in a scramble there, we'd have to really keep the ball in front of us. And I, I find it to be a, a very good challenge. Um, you've had Jason Kokrak and Carlos Ortiz win here. You've had some really good players contend. And I, I like Scotty Scheffler. I, I think that's what it takes on this golf course. You have to be a complete player. Um, so it, it's challenging and it's fair. And, you know, there's always an opportunity that you see the win pick up. So I really like the test for the players. Uh, statistically, one of the longer par 70s on tour. The schedule last year, I think Southern Hills was the only one that was longer. That was the PGA Championship. The Statistically, I think it's the second set, uh, second hardest set of par 5s out there, so they're not going to be gobbling up the par 5s like they normally do. And uh, the short game areas, Kyle, which um, they've removed a lot of bunkers in the redesign, which is smart because bunkers on the PGA Tour are nothing burgers. These guys get up and down. They can control their spin. They know exactly how it's going to to come out. Uh, now it's more short grass areas, which makes those uh, those spots around the green a lot more bothersome. It does. And this golf course has been fun to watch. It's been here, what, this will be the 23rd year? Yes. I. Okay. That was my fault, Greg. On Monday, I said this was the fourth year. This is only the third year. They, My brain melted when they switched the schedule around. <laughs> so it was not it was not here in 2020. It was Lonto did not wait. It well, was Lonto Lon- uh, yeah. was at the old golf course. Correct. It was everybody after that. So I remember I remember talking about that. Like yeah. Lonto had this situation where he was the defending champion and yeah. there's all the all the hype, all the negative things, if you will, that go along with being a defending champion and none of the positives, which is you won on this golf course last year. Right. Uh, so it, that's that's how I remember it. But Ortiz and, and uh, Kokrak are the two winners here. Those are. Yeah. And I and I think just in in watching it, it's more. Uh, uh, Andy Johnson of the Friday has this thing about how when the ball is on the ground, it, it's it's far more interesting to watch than when it's in the air. And I think what you get at this golf course now is rather than bunkers kind of gobbling up um, or, or snatching out of the air some of the shots is you get you get some balls kind of bounding around. And from what I remember in 2020, 2021, it was it was fairly firm. Right. It was it was it was kind of it, it was it was very different than a normal PGH setup, which I think is normally good. It can get a little weird if you get at the wrong venue. But I, I, I like this setup. I think it makes for uh, an interesting fun watch, which is not necessary. It, it, it's a little CJ cuppy for me where it's like, Hey, this is very different than like the three M and the rocket mortgage and the John Deere and like all these places that we go in the summer. And and I think because of that, it, it makes it an intriguing watch for, uh, for fall golf. Uh, likely to be firm again, Patrick, they're, they're down some rain this year. They haven't had much of it. So th- you were kind of alluding to this earlier. This is not your 23 under par birdie fest. Uh, you get double Double digits, 10, 11, 12, that might be good enough. And, and Southern Hills was brought up. I almost liken it 
to like a poor man, Southern Hills, especially around the green with uh, a lot of short grass, a lot of tight lies. So like Kyle said, I agree with everything. Uh, it's a fun watch. Uh, we've had Jason Kokrak win. Carlos Ortiz was the week before the masters. So had a lot of guys peeking there, DJ uh, in particular, but Hideki was right there. Brooks was right there. Shane Lowry. So some of the big dogs have come to play when they have had the chance to play here. And, uh, yeah, you see Scotty Scheffler last year, same with Sam Burns. It's it's a fun go- golf course. I'm glad they reintroduced it, and uh, hopefully it is a good week. Um, one, one other thing about that short, the firm and the short grass. You know, bunkers were originally designed in part to not only be a hazard, but to stop the golf ball. So Kyle used the term gobble up, you know, they gobble up the golf ball. And that's in, in, in many ways the intent. So the ball doesn't get too far away from the green. Um, and it, sometimes they guard hazards or areas where you end up with some difficult rules situations. But when you have the, the fairway runoffs like you do at Southern Hills, like you do here, the ball gets a lot farther away from the green. Um, and that's why that's part of the reason why when it's on the ground, it's interesting. It just gets farther away. And so you end up with longer short shots. Uh, you end up with more options and it, it creates a, um, it creates some players making different decisions around the greens um, and into the greens, quite frankly, which which I think adds to the intrigue of the, of the viewing experience. Uh, what percentage of golf courses do we think are public golf course? You can go play this golf course if you want. Um, what percentage of PGA Tour stops can you go play, do we think? I, um, well, you have this. Yep. You have um, you have Tory. Yep. You have, you have all the resort courses, technically, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, where they play um, PGA West, right? I, I think it's quite a few. I think 20, you have 800. If you have $840, you can play TPC Sawgrass. Just fairly outrageous. It's just money. It's just money. Can't take it with you. Just money. Uh, I did not win the Powerball last night. Damn. I'm sorry to hear that. Damn. Which is what would you do? Dude, I don't know. I would build a golf course. Would you buy the Niblix? Yeah. Ooh. Now, the Niblix now sponsored by uh, Rick Rungood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're they're not they're the Rick Run Goods. The Rick Run Goods, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know who's on the team. Bubba Watson has to like you know, chill my stuff for me. Would you be would like, you still be able to have PGA Tour content and data on your site? <laughs> uh, I guess I'd probably be uh, blackballed at that point. <laughs> They would, they would, uh, they, their uniforms that would just be like spreadsheets. They would wear spreadsheet <laughs> uniforms. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll, we'll got to get Ian Poulter on the team. Uh, non, yeah, non resident rate for Houston or, or for Memorial Park. It's like 40 bucks, isn't it? 60? Uh, a little bit more than that. Uh, the, if you're a resident, it's 30 bucks. Okay. Non- I think I was thinking of resident. Yeah. Non resident, 120, which is, I guess not, not bad. bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, as long as you're keeping the resident rate low, then I don't, I'm, I'm good with whatever. Yeah. So am I. Uh, but yes, it is a lot more than I thought as far as these courses you can play. Uh, as I was kind of scrolling through the throwing, scrolling through the schedule, which I think is great. I think that's awesome stuff. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, the favorite this week, Patrick, uh, significantly plus 550, plus 600. He flies up the leaderboard. 
uh, on Sunday in, in, in Mayakoba. He's back to using the blade and sports books have, have installed him as the heavy favorite. Rightfully so. I think uh, Tita Green, I mean, there are no flaws in his game. And if you put the putter back, you know, if he's putting like he did on Sunday this week, he could run away with this thing. And runner up last year, uh, I think he shot 62 in the second round. He went stupid low one of the days to kind of put himself into into contention. Uh, clearly likes this place. So, yeah, with, with Scotty, we say it all the time. If, if he putts, he'll probably win. Uh, now, I guess three positive strokes gained putting since the middle of the summer. All three finishes inside the top three. Uh, we can only assume last week might have been one as well, uh, especially over the weekend. I know Justin Ray said it was his best putts per green in regulation since uh, the 21 uh, Memorial, I want to say. So, yeah, if he if he's trending in that direction, I don't really see anyone in this field stopping Scotty Scheffler. Uh, Greg's and I's relationship uh is basically us texting each other, trying to find out what day of the week Scotty went back to the blade putter last week. Cause that's what our text looked like. <laughs> yeah. Pretty exciting. Have you, checked, have, you checked the, have you checked the video, Greg? We think it's Saturday, right? Yeah. It, it was four, Saturday. well, four Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Um, so I find this to be very interesting. And this is something we talked about last Monday when we discussed the greens at, uh, at Mayakoba past pollen greens and one of the key elements when you get to these tropical golf courses is you typically have less break Past pollen greens are typically on the slower side uh, and they they break less and that gives a real big advantage to guys that are a little less skilled in the in the putting department and when you look at the event scotty scheffler played before mayakoba at the cj cup in south carolina those greens were anything but that. They were extremely quick, uh, extremely slopey, and extremely challenging, and he lost four and a half strokes putting. So the question is, when we get back to some faster Bermuda greens that will be more challenging this week, did um, it, did Scotty really find something? Is it going to stick, or was he just on an easier surface? Uh, I don't know the answer to that yet. Um but I'm very curious. And I think it's the, I, I think it's the story of the week. Where is Scotty's putter for real? And I think this is a real test for him. Um, it was great to see what he did last week and I'm sure it built his confidence, but I want to see if, if he's really figured something out or if it, if he just kind of caught lightning in a bottle last week. Well, there haven't, there haven't been a lot of five win years in, in, in the last what couple decades i mean tiger's done it a bunch uh we, we talk about five win seasons it gets a little weird because the wraparound and a bunch of different things but a five win year is is big big boy stuff like that's big time and it's it doesn't like if scotty wins this week i don't know if it changes a lot for me long term in terms of how i think about him but i i do think it's like five one years a feather in the cap of like that was that was a real like holy crap this guy's unbelievable type type thing yeah it's it's certainly special the group that he's going out with patrick how about this he gets uh good pal sam burns and one of the hottest Your guys boy. Out there, taylor montgomery let's go 10 straight top 15s come on can't Ten? cover taylor montgomery can't just be the putter it's got to be the rest of his game as well I mean, he hits it. I think Sean Martin wrote a piece for PGA Tour.com today about about Taylor Montgomery and 
I mean, he's the perfect combination. He hits it 330 yards, makes everything on the greens. He's he's the modern golfer. Uh, and I guess there's just something in the water out there in Las Vegas uh, for those guys. Yeah, we're killing it. The Las- yeah. <laughs> Jupiter, Jupiter West. No, Jupiter is now Las Vegas East. Okay. Wow. Wow. Max. Yeah. Stamp. That happened quick. Yeah. Trademark. Well, Mav McDealy. That's right. That's right. We just need uh once Rory moves out here, we'll be we'll be all set. But uh, <laughs> things are things are going well. Um, what is going on with Hideki Matsuyama? Uh Greg, we'll start here with you. These are odds 22 to 1, longer than Aaron Wise, Taylor Montgomery, Mad Mitt Neely, all three guys tied to Las Vegas. Um it, it's bizarre. He's not driving it nearly as well as he used to. His uh, second shot still above tour average, not nearly as good as he used to be. It's just been like a very weird year for Hideki. Yes. Um, very marginal, really, since the U.S. Open, where he had a great finish. But that was the last great iron performance that we saw from him. Uh, and that was one where he, he gained over nine strokes on uh, pro- approaching the green. But since then, it's been been middling, you know, some gains, some losses. It's been very average. Um, if you look on rickrungood.com, they're very light. The colors are all very light. Um, it's light red. When he loses, it means it's close to zero. And when he gains, it's light green. Now, there is a good sign. If you look uh, in, in his putting performance, he's been putting quite nicely. Um, but the concern is the ball striking. And where is Hideki with the ball striking? Who was very average at the CJ Cup in South Carolina. But all that being said, I still think his game is a really good fit for this venue. Um, and and he's had some nice performances here before. Uh, specifically, I guess the only performance in 2020, he finished tied second here. And I, I think he could accomplish that again. I think there's some really good numbers on him. I think there's some good matchups on him. And I think he's a little, maybe not in the DFS slate, but in the, in the betting side of things, I think Hideki's a little undervalued. I find it so interesting, Kyle, because um, listen, non-Americans in general, they don't get as much uh, run. They don't get as much media attention. Now, Hideki obviously does from from the Japanese media, but I feel like we have a lot more conversations on Hideki around major championships. Like, I don't know if it even matters what he does at the Houston Open, uh, the penultimate event of, of 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 this calendar year on the PGA Tour. But like, does it matter? What are expectations? Should I be worried? Should, should I not care? Yeah, it is. It is interesting. We give a lot of we get a lot. We give a lot of oxygen to you know. And we're about to give even more to Tiger and Rory and JT and Spieth, right? Those are kind of the the Mount Rushmore of oxygen takers from podcasters like us. And not a lot to Hideki. I, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, listen, like winning a Houston Open for somebody of Hideki's stature is not a career shifter. It doesn't... I mean, if Rory, or excuse me, if uh, Hideki misses the cut this week, or if he wins, does it change anything about how you sort of view him? I, I don't, I don't think so. Other than if he wins, it's a reminder of, oh yeah, Hideki is the best Asian player of all time, and he's one of the best, one of the five best ball strikers of of his generation. So you get these little like 
oh yeah reminders with guys like Hideki. It's it's different than a Russell Henley reminder. The Russell Henley thing was like, oh yeah, Russell Henley is like pretty good at golf, and and he can he contends a lot on the PGA Tour. Hideki is a level or two above that. And so for me, it's simply a, if that person contends, it's, it's a, it's kind of just like a, it's like a notification on your phone. Like, oh yeah. Right. Uh, Hideki is really good. And so that, that's all it is for me. I, I don't, it doesn't change what I think about Hideki's chances to win a major in 2023 or his long-term hall of fame prognostication or anything like that. I just think it's interesting, Patrick, because, you know, he won the Zozo at the end of last year. Then he wins the Sony Open to kick off the calendar year of 2022. And I think the expectation was, here's this massive breakout season or year, I should say, coming for Hideki Matsuyama and we didn't get it. We got a really good finish at the U.S. Open. We got uh, white out on his three wood face or whatever, just like some bizarre stuff, not great play. It was, we were expecting much more, I think from Hideki in 2022. Yeah, it was a really just strange year for him uh, outside that U S open. I think at the Byron Nelson, he put together a really strong Sunday as well. The whiteout, um, you know, DQ at, at Jack's place. <laughs> that was strange. He was paired with Pash Reed. Coincidence. I don't know. Uh, and, and <laughs> all in all, it was just like, you know, we're going to. No, no, no. That's that's reserved for Kyle. Kyle's upset. He's not a part of that. I think Kyle's definitely next. I can't I can't I can't say anything about the subject. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think kind of just a dumbed down version of what Kyle said is. Would I be surprised if he's in contention this week? Absolutely not. Would I be surprised if he finishes T35? No, not really. And it doesn't change what I think about Hideki. Uh, you kind of think about him, like we've all said, in the major championship setting, uh, just because, you know, now nowadays we can get some pretty good numbers around that point. I think at the PGA Championship, he was hovering around 50 to one. Uh, and, and it went and, and Rick clearly, clearly has something in store for Hideki and majors in 2023. But he's he's. An enigma. I can never figure it out this guy to save my life. He's injured one week. He wins the following week. Uh, and so I think he was injured at the Zozo this year as well. And I saw him at the CJ Cup testing a zillion three woods. So that's just who Hideki is and the most interesting man in golf. Uh, was the Zozo where he said his game was a one out of 10 and then he won? I yeah. think, yeah, last year, yeah. And then he withdrew with a wrist injury somewhere this summer and then the next day or that afternoon uh the long driver fast eddie uh instagrammed out a video of them doing speed training and a deck he was taking these huge thrashes at the ball We're like oh that wrist must feel a lot better from 15 <laughs> minutes ago <laughs> that was the 3m he withdrew from the 3m yeah so hideki hideki really is very he's he's like i guess this is always true but he's kind of quietly mysterious yeah. Like remember when he he like got married and had a kid and nobody even knew that no do you remember this? Yes. I mean he, I didn't know until he won the Masters. He had a kid and he just like said it one time at a presser and people were like what? You're what? You're like, nobody Yeah, nobody understood what it was it was very um I think all that to say like I'm very intrigued by Hideki as a as a player and a person. And I think honestly, like I think because 
of the sometimes disconnect between American fans and how big of a deal he is in Japan. I think, I think that we have a tendency or a propensity to just underrate him. I mean, his, his, if you look at his last 10 years, it is, it is unbelievable what he's, what he's done at the highest level uh, for, you know, throughout his twenties, he's the best. He, I don't know how many people live in Asia. He's the best Asian golfer, or he he had the best career of any Asian golfer from age twenty to age thirty ever, which is <laughs> seems pretty significant. And we don't, we were just kind of like, oh yeah, Hideki's a good ball striker, can't putt. You know, it's kind of kind of leave it at that. Any guesses on how many people live in Asia according to the twenty eighteen census? Three, three billion. No. More. Um, I would say China. Yeah, maybe four. Yeah, I mean, five. I, I would. I would say number. I'll say four. Uh, under eight billion. Oh, very brave. <laughs> without going over, so pick a number. Uh, Greg's four billion. I'll say three and a half. Kyle says three and a half billion, which is wrong. I'll go. I'll go four and a half. See, no, you should go four billion and one. Yeah, yeah, I know, but so you said four and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually almost dead on. 4.561 yes. billion. So that's Patrick. Uh, he, well, oh, yeah, he went under. He said four Good and a guess. half. He said four and a half. He said 4.56. Yeah, I'm a quarter Japanese, so, so you know, I kind of kind of have an edge. That's there. good stuff, Patrick. That's a lot of people. And, <laughs> and that's like, the number, he's yeah. the best golfer of all of them. Yeah. Yeah, ever. Well, it's actually more if we do ever. Yeah, that's true. Right. Generate. I mean, <laughs> but, but dinosaurs, <laughs> like we're going way back. Well, yeah, like you have you'd have to only take it back to what, 1900 or whatever. Yeah, I can find that number. I, I <laughs> maybe. How many people have lived in Asia since 1900? <laughs> yeah, you probably could. Or how many people it would just be how many people have been born in Asia since 1900, right? Okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> they believe Man. 117 billion have ever been born on Earth. So if we give Asia like 70% of that, which, right, they'd probably have. Yeah. Uh, Mesopotamia. So 80, 80, 80 billion. But you, then you have to do the math on how many since 1900. Ah, uh, okay. Because I'm not counting like the, you know, all the dynasties from like the – 900s and 600s although i think i think golf i think golf yeah it is me probably i think golf originated in weren't the chinese playing golf before anybody yeah allegedly there are some stories some accounts of that yeah i did not know that i don't either. yeah I did not see us talking about the the Chinese dynasties during a Houston Open preview. By the way, listen, we have got no boundaries, right? <laughs> I mean, we've got we've got very little oversight on this podcast. We can basically do whatever who's, we want. Who's the who's the best Chinese golfer of all time? Uh, Is it Hao Tong? I think it might have to be right. How many have have even played in like major championships? Uh, what's where's because uh, Japan's got a obviously a great history. Korea amazing, but China does not have quite the. I mean, obviously the history that those two countries have. A lot of a lot of younger. There's a lot of younger, um, and and women. Shen Shen Fang from the from the ladies side. Okay. Yeah. Hao Tong is probably the best male, although they do have Carl Yuan now who could, I guess, cut into that. Yeah. 
What was the what was the kid that made the cut at the Masters? T, uh, t, uh, is this? I can't is remember. This Tan, Tan Long Long. Yeah. Yes. Like he, ten years he was ago. Fourteen. Yeah. He made the cut at fourteen. We we were doing. Uh, remember when Anna Davis won the the Anwa this year at sixteen? It reminded me that that he made the cut at the Masters at fourteen, and he got a penalty that week for slow play. Slow Do you remember play. that? Yeah. Yes. I mean, he was hitting driver on number one and he's just ripping driver and he's short. He's hitting it short of the bunker. <laughs> he's not getting up that crest. He's hitting, you know, he's got a head cover off into number one. Guys are hitting gap wedge. Did he he's, win like the, did he win the Asia Pacific amateur? I'm guessing. I think he must have. Insane. That's the yeah. one that just Guan, took place, right? Guan, Guan Tianlong won the 2012 uh, Asia amateur over the bread man, CT Pan, CT Pan, who just wow from this event. Huh. <laughs> this unbelievable segue, Rick. <laughs> Real quick though, uh, how old do you think? How old do you think Hao Tong Lee is? Twenty eight. Uh, Twenty eight. Twenty five. You guys do, but this. I feel like he's been. I feel like he's been twenty eight for like nine years. Yeah, so I don't. He's twenty seven. Yeah. Which I'm like, okay. what? He's been around forever. He turned professional in 2011, which by my math means he was 16. Okay, I, I trust you. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just reading off a of Wikipedia. He, he is sneaky, like a very funny character as well. When you think about the PGA Championship, um, the President's Cup, when he like barely played and he ripped driver on one when Ernie was that like, was do not so, hit driver. <laughs> that was bizarre. And what was the, he hit was out of turn too? Practicing. He, At Harding just, Park. Harding Park. He 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 like he, what happened was he left the driving range and then came back. And whoever was on the broadcast was like, he's been out here for like eleven hours after his second <laughs> round. It's like uh, he's actually out there for like an hour and a half. He just came back afterward. So good. So good. Um, all right, gents, here's what we're gonna do. We are going to give our bets in the next block, and then we actually have more tiger news that we need to talk about. But first, we're gonna take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution? For that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between. But solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great 
in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. First Cut Moneymaker Challenge. This is where we take 100 nuggets over to Caesar Sportsbook and we allocate them in the following fashion. 50 on a matchup, 30 on any finishing position that we want, 10 on an outright, and another 10 on another outright. Uh, Greg, since this is the first Tuesday you've been able to participate, I want to welcome you in and throw you into the fire and ask you what your matchup for this week is. Okay, this is... Since I'm getting thrown into the fire, I'm going to go with a really hot take. Okay. And it's a risky one. Uh, I'm going to take Sam Burns at plus 140 over Scotty Scheffler. Um, It's real. This is one of those situations where you feel like you could be going up against the winner, which um, I know some of us, Patrick at least, has been in this situation before. Um, But. My rationale, I believe, to be sound. I still don't trust Scotty's putter, even after last week. I think the greens that he played last week and the greens that he's going to play this week are very different. Uh, and, and I still have an inkling of doubt. And when I look at Sam Burns, I don't have that doubt. Uh, Sam Burns also has two top sevens here, T7 in the last two years. And I, I think that his game is in good enough shape on and around the greens, uh, off the tee. I think he can win this week. Um, I, I think he actually will win this week. So I, I love Sam Burns, and I think when you can get him at plus 140, even if you got to go up against world number two, um, I'm taking that. Uh, that take is so hot, it burns. <laughs> oh. Uh, Sam Burns plus 140 over Scotty Scheffler, Greg's first official matchup selection. KP, uh, we talked about Hideki Matsuyama in the first block, and you have him beating Russell Henley in a matchup. Yeah, this was this was me, like you love to say, scouring every square pixel. What do you say? Pixel. Yeah, pixel. Yeah. And just seeing a plus number by Hideki that didn't involve Scheffler or Burns. I, I mean, obviously, Russell Henley's playing great, but this is more of a... 30,000 foot view of these two guys. Hideki's just better. And I want to take plus money against somebody that's probably a little overvalued coming off a win in, in Mexico. Yeah, coming off the win, he won this event, not at this golf course a couple of years ago, which might be feeling a little bit of that Russell Henley love. Uh, Patrick, you and I have found two tailors. Uh, they are not the same tailor. Who's yours? 
I'm going with Montgomery, uh, the guy playing with Scotty Scheffler, Sam Burns, rightfully so, and plus 100 over his fellow Las Vegas resident, Maverick McNeely. Uh, statistically, they're kind of the same, and I know McNeely's uh, been playing well, and he's played well here in the past, but Mav McNeely, knock on wood, he is the new Tom Kim, the thorn in my side. I've been fading him for the past month. It hasn't worked out yet, but he is trending downwards in each tee to green metric. I like the course fit for Montgomery, and I like him at plus money. So give me Montgomery plus 100 over McNeely. Okay, so noted. Math McNeely will. Be he might there. win. Yeah, he might win this week. Yes, that's obvious. Uh, I went with Pendrith as my Taylor plus one hundred over Davis Riley. I I think Pendrith should be the favorite in this matchup. Riley had that one good. He had like that five week stretch where he was unstoppable, and we have not really seen that since Pendrith doesn't have as many rounds in 2022 because of the the rib injury but when he plays plays very very well uh finishing position any finishing position that we want Patrick I'll start right here with you we'll loop it back and go the other way Tony Finau uh top 10 plus 175 uh he opened at some shops at 25 to 1 which I thought was pretty ridiculous uh it's been bet down a lot rightfully so and you look at the last 24 rounds in this field number one strokes gain total tee to green ball striking seventh and short game 16th and putting uh he's played well here in the past i think he did miss a cut last year but he's gained in each tee to green metric uh in both of his showings here so there, there's nothing not to like about tony fee now he's an all-around player now and i think he will be the winner this week if it's not scotty scheffler i'm thinking it's tony fee now i know going out on a very long limb and only putting 10 bucks on the outright. I wanted some some more exposure. So top 10 at plus 175. Uh, Kyle, you have opted for a top 20, and it is the longest of our finishing position bets. Who is it, please? Yeah, Davis Thompson uh, coming off of a, I think it was a top 15 at the Shriners. I don't think he's played since then, but... His numbers are good, and I liked the I liked the odds at, at plus three thirty. I I actually almost went with uh, Mav McNeely here, Patrick, your boy, but partly to go against you, and uh, partly because he's he's been playing very well. But I ended up going with Davis Thompson top twenty. Uh, Dave you. Thompson, T12 at the Shriners. He also has another top 10 this season. That was at the Fortinet. It was a T9. He's only played three times this season. Uh, made the cut in all three. 12th and 9th are his two best finishes. I went with Mackenzie Hughes. Also has only played three times this year. Three top 25s, including a victory. Uh, Greg, we talk about this a lot. When things get more difficult and short game comes into play, guys like Mackenzie Hughes seem to find their way towards the top of the leaderboard. So I took him at plus Two, uh, yeah, plus two forty to finish inside the top ten. Yeah, I, uh, I, I like that play. Um, so the thing about Mackenzie Hughes is exactly that, Rick. The difficulty is a good thing for him. Uh, he also has gotten a little bit longer off the tee. And I, I think that's a great sign. Um, so we've seen some really good play from him this fall, and this is a great spot for him. So I like the play. Uh, your top twenty is the shortest of the odds that we have on the board. Who is it, please? It is Jason Day, who I almost tripled down on. I'm I'm a huge Jason Day supporter here this week. Um, I, I've seen Jason Day, and I've talked about this on a number of occasions this fall. Um, but Jason Day, ever since the 3M Open, 
has really been hitting his irons well. Uh, he's gained strokes approaching the green in every measured event since then, which is seven events. Uh, and and you can see it in the numbers, but you can see it when you watch him. This has been his biggest weakness since the fall from world number one, contending in majors, one of the best players in the world, Jason Day, to what we've had over the last couple of years. It's his iron play, and he hasn't hit as many greens of regulation. He hasn't hit it as close to the hole. And he's been losing strokes approaching the green, but with this new swing, he's um, w- that he's that he's worked on uh, with Chris Como, I believe. He's got this thing together, and he's got control of his golf ball. He's hitting his distances, and he's giving himself a lot of putts from flag high at fifteen to twenty-five feet, even thirty feet. You know, in in that range, he has a lot of looks. And then you start to look at some of the other areas that are important here, short game and putting. I don't question that with Jason Day. I I think Jason Day is one of the best short games on the PGA Tour. Uh, Maybe it hasn't been that way lately, um, but it's quite good. And his putting is quite good. And when he keeps giving himself looks, especially on a golf course where double-digit under par is really good, this is screaming Jason Day to me. And then we can add to it. Um, he's played well here before as well. In 2020, he came in tied seventh. Um, so I, I, I love Jay Day here. T21, T11, T8. The last three starts for Jason Day battled back after shooting two over on Thursday in Mayakoba. Not only made the cut, but uh, finished inside the top 25. That's Hughes, Thompson, and Day to finish inside the top 20. Tony Finau to finish inside the top 10. Uh, Patrick, we'll go back to you here. Your two outrights, you already gave us one. Hunky Tony Finau, 14 to 1. What's your other? Uh, the other is your guy, Taylor Pendrith. The other Taylor, uh, I love total driving this week. He's one of the best drivers on the PGA Tour. No, it's been a so-so start to swing season. Not a great President's Cup either. But in this field, if the short game's kind of just neutral, right? If he can hold his own in that department, uh, I love what he can do in the ball striking category. So I like him at 40 to 1. All tees for Patrick. Taylor, Tony, Tony, Taylor across his board. I went with Denny McCarthy, 35 to one get me a a course where short game matters and uh let's let denny roll the rock and then sep struck a friend of the pod 80 to one has legitimate winning upside one at honda things were tough at honda finished runner up at a playoff event has another runner up finish this season you never know when it's coming but when he plays well he gets himself near the top of the leaderboard uh kp you're up uh two outrights please uh, by the way, I, I like I like Sep there. He's he's volatile, which is which is what you're going for. Correct. Uh, Aaron Wise and Sam Burns. Wise has been just popping all over the place. He's going to win soon. And uh, Sammy B. I mean, man, Burns just plays really well at these sort of mid tier events, right? This is he's won the Valspar a couple times. He's won the the Colonial. He, he's what else? Sanderson. Uh, does he have four wins? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he defended Sanderson, right? So he's got two there. Valspar. Oh, and he defended Valspar. Oh, I'm he sorry. Valspar. He yeah. Yeah. So Sanderson, Valspar, Valspar, and uh, and Colonial. Right. He finished T7 at the CJ Cup. He finished T7 at this tournament last year. So he's just got a lot of different things working for him. And he kind of cleans up at these middle tier uh, events. So I agree with Jimmy. Sammy Burns is uh, is due to, to get a win. There you go. Uh, Greg, you are 
left here. Uh, Sam Burns also on your outright card. What are your two outrights, please? Sam Burns, uh, just like Kyle and Jason Day, who I uh, I talked about earlier. So I'll spare you with more Jason Day takes. Um, but on the Sam Burns thing, what I look, when I look at Sam Burns' numbers, I see a lot of really nice finishes in a lot of different ways through his career. He can lose strokes with uh, with his approach play and gain it all back with the putting like he did at the CJ cup in South Carolina. He gained nine strokes putting and lost strokes approach the green and finishes inside the top 10. He has that ability. Uh, you know, he, he has the ability to win and, and, you know, not putt great. He has that kind of ability with his ball striking. So I think this is one of the more complete games on the PGA tour. And we're waiting for the week where he puts it all together. And to a lot of Kyle's points, I think that um, that this it, there are a lot of elements of this golf course, of this setup, and of this tournament field that I think kind of come together and, and make it this week for Sam Burns. Moneyball. We should redo that mud ball drop <clears throat> with Bubba saying Moneyball. And then we can use it in this spot right now because this is where we take 50 bucks and we put it on literally anything that we want. Patrick, you have been uh, by far the most creative money baller uh, that we've had thus far. I say creative. It's not necessarily successful, but it is creative. And your (laughs) selection for this week uh, is not even – not in a featured group. So maybe you're down on this guy and and PGA Tour says, you know what, we're down on him too. We're not putting him in a featured group. Yeah, uh, me and the PGA Tour, we go way back. So we typically see eye to eye on these type of things. And it has been mentioned before. Thank God Kyle didn't put him on his card. But Maverick McNeely (laughs) plus 330 to miss the cut entirely. He's going to be sent packing home early. Wow. Like like I said, he's trending down in every single tee to green metric. I know his putting's unbelievable, yada, yada, yada. He just gained over six strokes at Mayakoba. He had to post it on his Instagram page. Like, okay, Math, let's <laughs> let's settle down here. Let's get the tee to green in, intact. And I, I just don't think he'll, uh, he'll be around for the weekend. So at plus 330, uh, I thought those odds were pretty, uh, pretty nice, honestly, uh, for him missed the cut he's been working on getting his pilot's license maybe he'll fly himself home on friday night there you go Mm, wow i mean listen it's it's a hobby of his i don't know what he's up to he might fly himself to and from events i don't know plus 330 to miss the cut uh greg look at this another sep straka sighting yes um i love the number here for a top 40 now in hindsight this may be a little too soft on sep you know, Kyle's comment earlier when you had him in an outright is that Sep Straka is volatile. Um, and is a top 40 really the place to play a volatile guy who te- who seems to finish in the top 10 or miss the cut? Um, but uh, what I see in, in Sep's game is a really also a well-rounded game wh- where the ability is there uh, across the board. Now, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what Sep Straka we're going to get this week, but I just have a feeling that after a tied 45th, a tied 62nd, and a missed cut, Sep's going to come back and play some, play some golf. I'm not sure he's going to contend. I'm not sure he's going to win, but I think you see him take a step in the right direction, and I feel very comfortable getting a really, really good player um, who has incredible winning upside. Um, but, but a uh, guy, I think this is a get right spot for, for Sep Straka here and getting him at plus money for a top 40, I think is a really good play. 
Uh, Sepp Straka will golf his ball this week, and if he does it inside the top 40, it'll be worth plus 110 to Greg. I also found a top 40. It's David Lingmurth. I have literally zero idea what David Lingmurth is going to do this week, but he's coming off of two top 11 finishes, and if he is riding the hot hand and he has figured something out, I'm not asking all that much. Um, Greg, we've kind of been tracking this on Mondays. It's This is one of those bizarre situations where guys – Misses a bunch of cuts, finds something. Maybe he keeps it going for three or four weeks. I, I don't know what the long-term prospects are, but I'm going to try to get in right now. You know, I looked at Lingmurth too for this because, we, like you said, we've been talking about it. I'm, I'm just not sure. On one hand, I'm not sure the golf course is a great fit because it's it's long. Then on the other hand, you look at the past leaderboards, and there's a lot of guys like David Lingmurth that get themselves mixed in there. Um, so... While the golf course this week is different than it's been in the past, I, I'm not sure the skill set is really all that different, especially when you're talking about a top 40. So I like the play, Rick. I really do. Oh, thank you. Uh, Kyle, what you have generally opted to do in these money ball situations is to double or even triple down on someone that you had on your card. Uh, you have done that again this week. <laughs> yeah, I did. It. And I mentioned the reasons earlier that I like uh, Sammy Burns. He, he just is... He, he just screams top 10 in this field, right? It's a, it's a good field. It's not a great field. And, you know, I, I had somebody, I th- actually, this is where I think I used Mav McNeely, Patrick. I think I had him to top 20 at like plus 100 or something. It just, it, it wasn't a very good number. I, I have a lot more confidence in Sam Burns, who I think is a top, I don't know, eight, 12 golfer in the world to finish in the top 10 in a, in a pretty average field at the Houston open this week. Burns top 10, Straka top 40, Lingmurth top 40. We are deep down this board. Mad McNeely to miss the cut are the best bets of the week. Gentlemen, one more thing to do, and it's Tiger Woods related. We are going to do that. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. The big cat in the news. Are we gearing up for Tiger Woods' season? First of all, let's look at this. Um his upcoming schedule, Patrick, expected to play at the Hero World Challenge, uh, which is the first week of December. Then we know he's going to play the match with Rory and Jordan and JT. Then presumably him and Charlie are going to roll up to the PNC Championship and roll everybody there. So we could get three potential competitive or at least competitive adjacent rounds from Tiger Woods uh, in December televised at least they'll definitely all be on tv uh yeah i mean that's gonna be more than we saw him all of 2022 uh and yeah he just won the pip as well hey hey hey, saving that for the next thing sorry 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 and and 
you know who has been on a lot of I guess screens has been Charlie Woods. I guess he's playing in some some sort of national championship, and you know uh, people love Tiger, 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 Tiger. He's caddying for for his son Charlie. So yeah, it's good to see him out. It'll be interesting to see how the leg is. I don't know if I mean it's probably not going to be as good as it was right especially at the the masters that first round that's probably as good as it might ever get potentially in my mind um but yeah he'll be in a cart for i assume two out of those three maybe he'll walk the hero maybe he'll be in a cart for that i'm not too sure does he that's make- a very grim outlook patrick yeah also why why is that the outlook uh, weren't we assuming it was going to just continue to get better it, it's obviously never going to be like 100 percent, but like why is the first round of the masters the 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 bar I just, I just think personally, like we saw as healthy as his leg will get. I don't know if he'll improve off that. But why? I mean, the accident was pretty gruesome. Right, but I'm saying, like, but but wouldn't more time after that be better for it? Uh, I, or uh, it's just my opinion. I just think you know, after he started playing, <laughs> he did all the rehab. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> That's why it doesn't heal okay. all wounds. First of all, I'm offended, Rick, that you think that's the bar. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you should. Be. <laughs> I'll call you later and we'll get on the same page. Thank you. Um, it, I, I, I agree with Patrick. I've, I've written about this a little bit. I, I don't I don't know that that was the best he'll ever feel, but. I don't think it's going to get a whole lot better. Like I like I think I think some people were acting like, "Oh, well, over time there will be this natural trajectory or progression toward 100% health." Not not that he would ever get there, but a progression toward that. And I just I think you're just kind of getting like a a crapshoot. Like it might feel good some weeks, it might feel terrible some weeks. I it, it's not I don't think it's going to be linear. Um and so I I actually hope he rides in a car for all three events. I think he could for the hero and that would be, I don't know. I guess they do get OWGR points. I don't know how that works, but uh, certainly the other two and yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. Listen, like this is related to my take on the TGL, the screen golf league that's starting in January, 2024. I think when it, when it comes to tiger, I've seen him hit all the shots, right? I've seen him hit every shot he's ever going to hit. What I want, and I think what we've gotten at times, is interaction with other guys. And I don't even need the... I think Tiger thinks he's funnier than he actually is, like when he like jabs at people and stuff. He, he's kind of like dad humor, so maybe I think it's funny, but most other people don't. Uh, what I want from him, and, I, and what we've gotten at times, is like the super nerdy talking deeply about golf in ways that I don't really understand because that I, that to me is the most compelling form of tiger on the course. So I do hope we get a lot more of that type of interaction where he's mic'd up at some of these events where he's hitting a certain type of shot at the, at the TGL events where he, you know, different things like that, that I think are, are very interesting. Uh, speaking of interesting, Greg, a lot of people find Tiger Woods quite interesting. Patrick tried to spoil this earlier, but the AP, the Associated Press reporting that Tiger has done it again. He's won the pip. Rory McIlroy has finished second. Nothing official from the tour yet, but uh, doesn't matter if you only play a couple times if you're Tiger Woods. Do you think he's going to tweet about it? Uh, <laughs> yes. Honestly, if get a head start on 2023. With, with Rory Duncan on live so much, 
It would be a power move to just copy Phil's tweet and tweet it out. <laughs> oh, that man. would be that would be well. The sick. one the one downside is, and you're leaving Phil a little ammo because he can't go play in Maui, right? Because he didn't win. Mm. Um, where that's where Phil went to collect the other half, allegedly. Um, but a- anyway, I I think it's no surprise. Tiger last year during the major season was the one was the one and single item that gave us some reprieve, even just a little bit of reprieve from all of the endless and relentless live discussion that we had, uh, and understandably so. And and that was a huge a huge story. I mean, Tiger Woods, a year after a car crash, made the cut in two different majors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in one of them, he shot 71. Patrick thinks that's the best he's ever going to be, um, <laughs> which I, I wholeheartedly disagree with. So I mean, ball. Tiger Woods just knows how to improve. Uh, I agree with Kyle. It's not going to be linear. I don't think he's better today than he was yesterday. And uh, as far as, the strength and the general health is concerned, but Tiger will figure out how to operate, how to work around things. There's more to it than just the physical therapy and how much can he squat? You know, it's, it's more than just strength. There's what's my routine. How do I fine tune my recovery? How do I handle various waves? How do I handle various weather? What's the best knee brace to wear? What's the best shoe to wear? Um, All of these things, Tiger will figure out how to improve and it will, it will um, improve his game and his performance on the golf course, in my opinion. So I, no surprise at all that he won the pip. um, And, I can't wait to see how much better he gets than the first round at the Masters. Maybe, uh, maybe Sergio can lend him some knee braces from his collection. Uh, real quick, my biggest takeaway from the Pip thing, Rick, was actually—I mean, we knew Tiger was going to win, right? Like that—that that was not really in question. I thought what was more interesting from a big picture perspective is Rory making forty mil this year on the PGA Tour. Now. The actual number is a little bit less than that if you take out major money earned because obviously those it still counts as official money, but it's not money that was paid by the PGA Tour. That's a very nuanced thing, but it suddenly become a very important thing in the in the live era. Rory making $40 million is significant, and that includes on-course earnings. That includes uh, the Comcast top 10. That includes the FedEx cut bonus and the PIP, which was, I think, 12 mil for second place. I don't know what Tiger's earning was. I think it was 15 or 20, maybe. It wasn't uh, listed in there. Because remember, they changed the, they, they bumped the PIP up from 40 mil to 100 mil. I say they almost, they, they more than doubled they, it. They doubled it and they made it 20 people. Okay. So, so Tiger, so, I assume 16. Uh, okay. okay. Maybe 16. Whatever the number is, Rory getting 12 and making his his 2022 earnings from the PGA Tour around 40 million. It's really significant because his previous high watermark from PGA Tour on course, well, if you want to consider the PIP, from PGA Tour earnings was 23 mil. So you're almost doubling what he, the most he's ever earned in a given year. And like we've been talking about all year, funneling more money to your superstars is paramount in any sports league. And the PGA tour has, 
I don't know if they figured out how to do that. I think they've, I think they're moving more toward that. Right. And that will, they've got a lot of, they've got a lot of vulnerable spots that will shore up one of them. And it's not, it's something that they've sort of touted a lot. Remember if, if you had Jim Furyk's career, you would make $600 million over the next, whatever the numbers were, it was a little bit absurd, but it's, it's significant. It's important. Disproportionately rewarding your stars and superstars is paramount to any sports league thriving. And they didn't used to do that because they didn't really I don't know. I don't know why they didn't used to do it, but they've started to do it. It matters. It's meaningful. It's significant. And it will help them out in the future. Who do we think finished third? Scotty, right? Maybe. Well, I'd go Spieth or JT. 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 JT with the PGA win. Mm-hmm. Well, the, according to the AP, they're working off two different lists. Uh, they said Doug Ferguson said there's one that's like the old formula and one with the new formula. I don't know what either formula is, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess if I had to pick, I don't know if they're like, do you combine the like? I don't know. I don't even know how you how you figure out a winner. Like if somebody's first in one and second in the other, I don't know how that works. But I would say JT's third. And this pip puts you in the the elevated events, correct? No, us no. No, that's not my understanding. If I, if you qualify, getting yeah. in this pip means that you're going to play. It okay. doesn't necessarily get you in. So you you're you're agreeing that you will play if you're eligible. Okay. So if like Ricky and, gets in, he has to qualify. It, yeah, yeah, if Ricky, right. if Ricky's right. involved in the pip and is not eligible to play in the players, he's not going to play in the players just because he's in the pip. Okay, but, but it my, allows my, the. Well, go ahead, Kyle. Well, I want. I like your answer on this, Greg. My question about that is: Did they did? <laughs> is it part of the PGA Tour handbook that you say if I finish in the top twenty on the pip, I'm gonna I'm gonna play in these thirteen events in the following year? Because right now it feels a little bit like a handshake agreement that is that's fine for next year. But what about in like 2030 when you have some 20 year old that was like, I wasn't at that meeting in Delaware. I wouldn't even, I was in like third grade during that meeting in Delaware. So yeah, it's, it, a, it's a great point. But there was one thing that came out of this that I think was important. They, for this year, and as of now, this year only, they defined a top player as somebody who finished in the top 20 on that PIP list. Mm-hmm. That's how they defined it. They did say further you know, the criteria going forward would be determined at a later date. So uh, we don't know yet what the, um, what that criteria is. Um, and, and I think it's a little, I, I think there's still a lot of details to be uh, answered. Because another question is if you, something else that was in there is if you want to collect in order to collect player impact money, you have to play in these events if you're mm-hmm. eligible. So does that mean, um, you know, somebody who is not inside the pip now but wants to next year do they have to play in all these events uh in advance to collect next year's pip money i'm a little unclear on that I think there's right other now. ways you can collect it as well um you could do like a first t um program like you could show up at a first t and give like a lesson for like a day or whatever i think i think there are other ways to collect it but it, you're greg's right like there's a lot of unknowns now they're doing this. 
Yeah, I would imagine they formalize more of this in the like it gets voted on and put into. I, I don't know how that process works, but you almost have to do that because eventually Rory's not going to be on the PGA tour and you're no longer going to have this like tacit agreement between top players and the tour of like, Hey, these are the tournaments that we're going to play in. So that, that has to get more formalized than it is right now. Final thoughts, Houston tiger. Um, anything else you want? Uh, there's a great comment here. 5.08 PM producer Troy says Patrick Reed will sue his way to get on the pip list. (laughs) 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 I mean, not question. If he wins any of these lawsuits, he's not going to have to get on the pip list. He's got a billion dollars in lawsuits. When Shane Ryan pays him $250 million, he's not going to worry about the pip. (laughs) What's more likely winning the Powerball or Patrick Reed winning these lawsuits? Powerball for sure. <laughs> I mean, not about, for me. I, the same money. Careful. <laughs> careful. Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't. I, my wife was like, "You need to, you need to take it easy." And I was like, "Yeah, that's probably true." We don't want anybody here okay. getting served. Not, not to get, but like, isn't that the point, right? Like, if you have these outrageous lawsuits and everyone is now more careful about, they just don't like. Didn't you kind of accomplish your goal? Or did you, or was it not worth the, the smearing of your, of your own name in the process? Well, I mean, all the damage has already been done, right? He's already lost all of his brand because of everybody in the media. Um, I mean, he could be a multi-billionaire by now. Right. For sure. That's one one way to look at it. It's a really good point, Greg. Us, us jackals in the media. That was the, (laughs) that was the term that was used by his, I, I, yeah, yeah. You might be right, Rick. Like I I think Brandon Porath was talking about that. Like the, the point is to like sort of implicitly silence anybody from saying anything because they're fearful of getting slapped with a lawsuit that won't cost 250 million, but it might cost like, 50,000. I mean, uh, you know, of money, lawyers, fees, time that, yeah. So that's probably part of the strategy here. It's almost ironic too, because once he moved to live, a lot of people kind of stopped talking about him too, but the lawsuit brought it back up. It's really true. It's really true. All right, gents. uh, We'll be back on Sunday to discuss all things golf, and we'll have a result for the Houston Open for now. Uh, big thanks to producer Troy. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. That's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD, Patrick McDonald at Amateur Status, and Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>